morning. Greet you in Jesus' name this morning to wish a special Mother's Day to all the mothers that are here this morning. Does anybody remember the message last year for Mother's Day? Does anybody remember who preached it? Dennis preached. We're gonna take a stab on what he talked about. Oh boy! He spoke on a godly mother. He looked at the Mary. Today is a good day to reflect on our mothers and to be thankful for what they do. But they, but there are. 364 days in between each Mother's Day, and those days are just as important to remember. Thank you. Um, title of my message meditation here this morning is Use It or Lose It. Myra Hindley was one of the most Notorious murders of the 20th century. Her crimes were almost unbelievable, unbelievably horrific. Yet one person took it upon himself to visit her regularly while she was in prison. Lord Longford, 1905 to 2001, was a controversial figure who spent much of his living visiting prisoners, including this Myra Hindley. Yet no one can doubt it, his compassion and his faithfulness both to God and to those that he visited. When he was when he died, former prisoners joined hundreds of mourners to say farewell to a man who spent his life faithfully fighting for the society's outcasts. He found inspiration in the words of Jesus on his deathbed. He asked his wife, You know what the most important quotation from the Bible? He spake his last words by answering his own question, quoting the words of Jesus, I was in prison and you came and visited me. Matthew 25:36. Here was a man who had spent his time with those that were outcasts, those that were down, those that were needy, and he ministered to them. Life is not a competition that you have to win on your own. It's not supposed to be a rat race. If you feel like your life is a rat race, there are times to change and reprioritize those things that are important. Especially if they are, if they got God's kingdom in focus. Life is a huge privilege and an opportunity. God has trusted you with gifts and the ability which He wants you to use. Use them or lose them. He is faithful to us as He desires to us to be faithful to Him. Before we go into the, any further, want some participation here? Can you all see that? One of the children, one of the children, tell me what it is. Come on, don't be bashful. Hundred dollar bill. Okay. What would you do with that hundred dollar bill, Lindsay? 
Part of the offering. All right. This is my girl. <coughs> Everybody see this one? What's this one? Fifty dollar bill. Fifty dollar bill. All right. Michael, what would you do with a fifty dollar bill? What would be the first thing you'd do with it? Keep it? Alright. Go with that. Everybody see this one? Now you're all bashful. You don't want to even say what this is, do you? Alyssa, what would you do with a one dollar bill? Use it to buy something? Okay. Turn with me to Matthew 25. Verse 14. Probably a very familiar story to us. A story that we probably heard growing up. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivereth unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several abilities, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into, thy, into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received... Two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a man, hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strong. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strong. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchange, and then at my coming should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. And cast ye in the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be reaping, weeping and gnashing of teeth. This story was probably told near the end of Jesus' ministry. And to set it in context, prior to this scripture is the story of the ten virgins where they were getting ready for the wedding. Five 
well, they had prepared, but five were more prepared than the other five. Also at the end of the scripture here, after this reading, um, there's the example of the separating of the sheep and the goats. So this is uh, referring to the end time. So why the talent story? Um, here this talent is talking of money, and so through the course of this message, I'm probably going to be getting it twisted in with talent referring to money, also referring to our ability to do certain things. Jesus' story starts with the master leaving his estate, and he's leaving for a time, and he leaves his fortune or investment or money with servants while he is gone. He gives one 5,000, gives another 2,000, and another 1,000. And I had scribbled here in a question why the difference in value to different ones. And it just popped out to me when I was reading that it said there to their several ability. So he knew them. He knew what they could handle. How would you like to be left with a large sum of money? This $100 bills, this $50 bill, and this $1 bill that I had here doesn't even come close to scratching what a talent was worth here in this story. From what I could understand, a talent is a unit of measure and it weighs approximately 75 pounds. If you can correct me if I'm wrong. And it is also equivalent to 20 years wage. So how would you like to have 20 years wage in one talent? So we could deduct from that that the person that got one talent, that was a lot. It's also clear here in this story that this master is Jesus. He came to earth for 33 years, died, rose again, ascended to heaven, and he's going to come back someday. Who are the servants? It's a fair question to ask. It's us, right? It's not the people of the world. It's those that have chosen to follow Christ. So what can we learn from this story? I have three truths that, I've, that are threaded throughout this story. And there may be more. The first thread... I have is we have been given things of value and we have been entrusted with valuable things from God. We have been given life, treasure, talents, family, skills, energy, education, intellect, intellect, strength, influence, and opportunities, and time. And you could name more. All of us here this morning have handled these treasures in some form, some way, somehow. You mothers here this morning have made choices in your life and some days you may have wondered why the humdrum, the dirty diapers, the dirty laundry, the endless meals, the hungry mouths, 
that devour all your hard work in less than 15 minutes. You may be in the busyness of your life and your duties are not unnoticed by the king. You are preparing soldiers for God's kingdom. When you think of it that way, does that change your perspective of that? That should give you hope for your hard work. These two servants that invested their talents had risk of losing it all. But they stepped out in faith. The other thing to point out here is that this talent that these servants had was not theirs. It was the master's. How often do we hold on to our stuff? Valuables like money, time, even our children. Do we understand that these things are given to us by God, the Master? Do I have the view that this is the Master's resources and I'm going to use it for His kingdom by making an investment back into His kingdom? Our treasures are not our own. Our talents are not our own. Our time is not our own. We have been brought with a price. Everything we have belongs to the Master. Is that clear? Sometimes we squander these precious gifts. We get entangled with ourselves and we can't let go of them. Talking with a gentleman a while back, we were talking and he made the comment that he was getting older and you never never hear when you get to the end of your life, I wish I would have done less service for the Lord or had less time with family or less work at church, fill in the blank. But usually it's the other way. I wish I would have spent more time with family or helped out here or went there in service. God is faithful and He wants you. He wants each one of you, your talent. It does. This story does also refer to people as having different levels of valuable things. We have 5,000, 2,000, 1,000. Some may have more treasures than others. That doesn't matter. Yet there's one thing that still remains. We all have the same amount of time in a day. We all have 24 hours. We all have 365 days in a year. Time is the same for everyone. But the length of our days may be different. We do not know when our last day will be. Some people seem to have more time available than others. What ways do you find to redeem your time? A little story in the Beside the Still Waters and it was particularly written on Mother's Day and I'm just going to read it it was a beautiful Mother's Day evening I was long I was alone away from home and a long way from my mother I dialed the number to call her after several rings she answered hello hi mom happy Mother's Day I love you she was very excited and said son my son I don't believe it you actually called 
Son, it can't be real. After 20 years you called me? She was sobbing, and I realized I had dialed the wrong number. After a long sigh, her voice became clear. Her, dis her disappointment was very evident. He talked a while. We talked a while, and she told me how her son deserted her years before. She lived with great pain all these years. Then she asked if I would please call again sometime, as she is very lonely and getting old. I thought it would be a great time to share about Jesus, tell her of his love, and make sure she knows the plan of salvation. What a chance to witness. I'll call soon again and do it, she said. The call made her day. Thank you. Goodbye. Then it was the time. Then it was time to call my mother. I told my mother about this lonely mother and how the opportunity to share the gospel was at hand. Then I realized that I didn't know her phone number. I couldn't go back. The chance was lost. I had no way to tell her. I did pray for her. God knows who she is, but I failed miserably to do what should have been done at that moment. May we look at this example seriously and not put off telling others about God when we can. We need to do it now, today, because tomorrow might be too late. Time. Today is the day. Make the best of it. Do what you can for God. Even if it's giving a cold cup of water to someone. Mothers, you are known to be better multitaskers than us men. And I sometimes get myself in trouble when I try to get too many things going. It appears that the Master Jesus is less concerned with how much we have as he is with what we do with it. Second thread I have. The second truth is we are expected to gain for the Master. We have two servants here that took their money and invested it for gain. And they, what did they do? They doubled it. One was given five, he doubled five. One was given two and he doubled two. What would that look like in today's investments? That's 100% return on investments. I'd have traders crawling all over you, right? So it appears it doesn't matter the amount as long as we invest into God's kingdom. Because look at the look at the uh, uh, what he told them. He says, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you over many things. Come and share in my joy." Again, Jesus is more concerned about with what you do with your treasure than is how much or how little you may think you have. What do you have? Jesus wants you and he wants and what you have and not what you don't have. You know, it's easy to look around and look at others and see people that you think may be better at whatever it is or, or have what you don't have and it's easy to, to do that. That's not what God wants. Maybe you have the mindset that when I get to a certain point in my walk, with God or getting married or getting 
financially stable, then I could be of service to God. That is wrong. God wants you now. He wants your heart. He wants your treasure. Take what you have and use it for God's kingdom. Mothers, you are a pillar in the home. There is love that a mother has for her children, probably more than what us men have. And I say that carefully. There's a story, and this is a true story, of a family during the Holocaust that were taken into captivity. And the whole family was, was put into captivity, including the mother and father of that family. And uh, they were uh, part of the requirement was that they had to do their duties and work. And that work was very hard. And if you didn't weren't faithful in, in doing that and fulfilling that, then you were taken out. And it wasn't real long in that the the mother and the father were were taken out and the rest of the family uh, the five children and the mom and dad were still together and each day they would huddle together and pray and thank the Lord for one more day that they had together and uh, it wasn't long the dad realized that the youngest was probably going to be the next because he was frail and he wasn't going to be able to hold together and uh, one evening uh, he came back he saw one of the other boys there sobbing and realized some were missing and uh, he inquired what had happened and he said well they came to get the youngest and they took him and he was so scared he yelled mom 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 and it uh, struck a chord in her heart and she went with him and that is to illustrate the love that a mother has for her children The third thread that I have here in this uh, scripture, we are accountable to the Master for how we use our talent. Look at the outcome of that third servant. <clears throat> it's not good. He was cast into outer darkness. His talent was taken from him and it was, giving, was given to the others that had why didn't he? Did he think he had time to decide yet? Did he think he had tomorrow? Did he think, well, I'll wait till I do this and then I'll go invest it? It has been said that the greatest mistake that you can make in your life is to continually fear that you will make one. It does seem that this servant had somewhat of an understanding of his master because look his response to him is you reap where you sow not and you gather where you have not strong he seemed to have known that his master uh, a little bit what to expect from his master most of you understand this next illustration We've come through, we're still in the spring season, but we've come through most of the planting. And uh, we spend a lot of time preparing the soil for this year's crop. 
so let's let's use the illustration. You can use whatever illustration you want, but I'm going to use corn. You can use tomatoes. You could use peas. You could use whatever you want. But we're going to spend a lot of time prepping the soil, getting it ready to plant. We plant it, and uh, like most of us, we anticipate that day when we can finally see it coming out of the ground. And the way church this morning, I saw actually quite a few fields of corn up. You know what? That's a delight to a farmer to see corn coming up. There's hope. Um, we fertilize it. We give it lots of nutrients. We uh, we give what we think it's going to take to bear 200 bushels, maybe 250 or 300. The field is weed-free. Corn is growing. It enters enters flowering stage and starts to set ears. We start making preparations for harvest. But that day comes, we walk out there, there's a big problem. Every corn plant has an ear of corn, and every ear only has one kernel of corn. How long do you think we could keep planting corn? Probably not very long. How long could you keep planting tomatoes if you only got one tomato? How long could you keep planting whatever? The illustrate that is we plant the seed the increase the the blessing that comes is all God's. We sometimes think we like to give ourselves a little credit for some of the things we do, but ultimately it's still God. I mean, we can do everything all right, and we can have an early frost, and that wipes it out. It's not ours. To drive the point home is what we have is God's, and what the gain is, is still God's. So it doesn't take, or it doesn't take, a small talent versus a big talent. In God's eyes, are the same, and the return on that same talent, if there's a return, it's the same. God views it as well done. But if you take your talent and you hide it, and you don't use it, whatever that may be, then there's consequences for that. Don't look around at others. You are only responsible for yourself. You will give an answer to the Master. Where is your talent? Lois Chenley wrote these words in her book. God is no fool. Once a man said, If I had some extra money, I'd give it to God. But I have just enough to support myself and my family. And the same man said, If I had some extra time, I'd give it to God. But every minute is taken up with my job, my family, my club, and what have you every single minute. And the same man said, If I had a talent, I'd give it to God. But I have no lonely voice. I have no special skill. I have never been able to lead a group. I can't think clearly or quickly. 
the way I would like to. And God was touched. And although it was unlike him, God gave the man money, time, and a glorious talent. And then he waited. And he waited. And he waited. And then after a while, he struggled. He shrugged his shoulders and he took all those things right back from the man. The money, the time, the glorious talent. And after a while, the man sighed and said, If only I had some of that money back, I'd give it to God. If only I had some of that time, I'd give it to God. If only I could only rediscover that glorious talent, I'd give it to God. And God said, Be quiet. And the man told some of his friends, You know, I'm not so sure that I believe in God anymore. That may be very pointed, but it brings out some good points. Use what you have. Give it to God. Herbert Locker, a Bible commentary, summed it up. That's where my title comes from. Use it or lose it. You have been given a treasure. Are you using it for God? Are you multiplying your talents? And with that, Happy Mother's Day.